This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. How often do you feel like your failures steal your joy? You know, you, you, I mean, I come up over here every single week and, you know, and I, I try to bring like the best that God wants for you. Man, I tell you, I don't want to leave this place, you know, feeling like I could have given it more. I could have given it more emphasis. I could have given it more passion. I could have given it more prayer. I want to bring the best. And after doing all of this, I go back home and, um, and I fail. And I come here and I talk about joy. I talk about essential joy. And then I go back home and I feel like such a failure. Sometimes the things that I say, you know, in humor or whatever, you know, all the things I say in the hallways or I joke with someone, I go back and I was like, you were such an idiot. What did you do? What did you say? Joel, you're a young boy and that's an older person. You can't say that to an older person. And you're like, oh, I don't know if you ever had a good time with Jesus, an amazing time in worship, and then you go back home and failures steal your joy. Maybe it's not stupid things that you said. Maybe it's a dumb thing that you did. Maybe you come here and you had communion last week and you're like, I am going to live as a saint. How many of you guys were here last week? Awesome. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to pursue holiness. I'm going to live as a saint. And Monday you tanked it. And all week long, the word of God kept coming back to you saying you're called to live as a saint. You're called to pursue holiness. But because you tanked it on Monday, on Tuesday, you put that word aside and you let failure steal your joy. Anybody? Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Because that's where I was and, and I asked myself the question, how can I preach on essential joy? This was Thursday night. How can I preach on essential joy when my failures constantly keep stealing my joy? And here in the book of Philippians, I find Paul who's, who's in Roman prison and he's writing a letter on joy. I mean, he's in Roman prison. He should be the saddest man in Rome and yet he's the happiest man in Rome. And Rome did not have, you know, Christians like, like what we have in America over here. For them, the entertainment was sex, it was violence, it was food, it was drunkenness. And here's Paul, who's abstaining from all of that, and he's in prison, and he's the happiest, the joyful, most joyful man in all of Rome. And, and, and it really got me curious, and I hope it's getting you curious. How can we experience joy even in the midst of our failures? You see, Last week I told you essential joy. That's a series we're in. Uh, we're going through the book of Philippians talking about essential joy. I said this joy is essential because this is the joy that Jesus gives. This is the joy that actually will keep you going through life. When depression comes, you need the essential joy. I told you happiness is based on happenstance, but joy is a state of being for a believer. But then there are times in life when you encounter failures. And I don't know if you ever wonder why you don't feel your salvation. And if you're that person that feels like, man, there are times when I don't really feel the joy of my salvation. You're not alone. I feel that too. And I love it that this church, there's one thing we do well. We're awkward. Really well. And we are awkward with joy and pride. We love it. So as your pastor, I want to tell you, there are times when I sit back and I wonder, why don't I feel the joy of my salvation? Maybe you wondered, am I really saved? And if you are that person, you're not alone. I wonder too sometimes. Because my failure is so much louder than the joy of my salvation. Maybe you wondered, why do I keep going back to sin? Man, I came here, I had Holy Communion, I was baptized, and, and I gave my life to Jesus. I'm reading my Bible, I'm trying to study. Why do I keep going back to sin? 
And why don't I experience the joy of my salvation? You're not alone. And maybe you wondered this week, or when right now, this morning during worship, maybe that's why you were quiet. If I were to die right now, I really doubt if God would look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant, because I know my failures and they've been stealing the essential joy that comes from the gospel. The title for this morning, oh man, and I love it. He's still working on it. Amen. Okay, this is beautiful, man. Because you see, I wanted to talk about the attitude of gratitude. Woo! It was a beautiful, I was sharing this to my wife last night, and she said, I kind of like that message. You should have preached that. And I'm not going to preach that message because of this, okay? Because I told you last week that essential joy begins when you surrender. So surrendering to Jesus will start, will give you joy. When you're living a life of service, it keeps you in essential joy. And an attitude of gratitude would multiply the joy. What a beautiful message that would have been, right? Salvation brings you to essential joy. You know, service will keep you in essential joy, will help you use this joy and to serve people. And when you have gratitude, it multiplies this joy. And the book of Philippines is all a letter of gratitude. And Paul's joy is being multiplied because he's so grateful. But you know what? Listen to me. If I were to preach that message, I believe that it would not change you one bit. Because we first have to address, what do I do with my failure? Because you can go back and try to be a person who's living a life of gratitude, but still, you're going to be having this, this, this place, this big hole in your life called failures, and you're wondering where all your joy is going. And you're going to try to be grateful, and it's going to become such a workspace thing. You're going to, I'm going to be grateful, I'm going to be grateful, I'm going to be grateful for my pastor, I'm going to be grateful for my church, I'm going to be grateful for my, for my mom and my dad and my home, but... We have to first address what do you do with this big gaping hole that's sucking your joy called failure. You with me this morning? And you see, because we don't address failure, you're going to live the rest of your life wondering if you're saved. You're going to live the rest of your life wondering if Jesus actually loves you. In fact, I believe that if we were to end this message with a time of worship, you would worship very differently. Because by the time you're done this morning, in the few verses we're going to look at, this statement is going to be such a statement that's going to make you jump for joy because you're going to look at your failures and you're going to say, he's working on it. <laughs> because you're going to look at temptation and say, ah, it's coming knocking, but he's working on it. You're going to look at sin and your failure and you're going to say, you're getting it good you're going to look at all your failures and your sorrows and you're going to say he's working on it you're going to look at people who've seen you fail and you're going to say I know I failed but he's working on it he's working on it in fact tell your neighbor right now and say he's working on it he's working on it he's working on it you know what I fail miserably and many times but praise God he's working on it you know Paul he's writing he's writing a letter to the Philippines over here and he knows that God is still working on them that God is still working in him that God is still working in them and nothing steals his joy because he knows that there's a God who's still working on the people that brought salvation. We're going to be looking at verses 3 to 11 in chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, please turn your Bibles over there. And while you're turning on there, I want you to know that Christian life is a miracle. Amen. If, if you're a person that doesn't believe that God still works miracles, your salvation is a miracle. The way you come as a sinner and the way Jesus saves you and brings you from death to life is a miracle. And then you go back, and then you still sin, and you fail and you fall. And the way He covers you with, your, with His holiness is still a miracle. And the way He calls you righteous is a miracle. The way He indwells in you is a miracle. The way He gives you the gifts of the Spirit is a miracle. The whole of Christian life is a miracle. 
And what we're going to see is the work of God in you while He's working on you, while you're a construction project, is a miracle. And what you're doing when you confront your failures and you're saying He's still working on it is you're experiencing the miracle of God in your life. So <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, pick it up from verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all. He was taxing, y'all. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Why is that, Paul? Why do you remember them? And always in every prayer, you make your prayer with joy when you think of the Philippines. What is it? Verse 5 says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Because of your partnership in the gospel. Now listen to me now. Paul realizes that God is working on him. He realizes that God is working in the Philippines, in the church over there. And because of that, he says, listen, I rejoice that we now have a partnership, both of us now. God is working on us as a construction project. If you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. Partner with those who share your same destiny. Partner with those that share your same destiny. Because listen, you are going to fail. You will give in to sin. You will stumble. You will say words that you don't want to say. You will get angry at times and you will end up lying and you will steal and you will do stuff that is not God glorifying. But you need to partner with those that are sharing your same destiny, not the people that shared your same history. Wake up, church. How many times you get along with people because they share the same history with you? Oh, you did time over there? I did time too. Oh, you did drugs? I did drugs too. Oh, you were sleeping around? I was sleeping around too. And your friendship's all about people who shared your same history, but not people who are going in the same direction, sharing your same destiny. And Paul says, hey, listen, I, nothing can steal the joy that God's given me for you and in me because we're, we're partners in the gospel. We share the same destiny. I'm far away. I'm in prison. You're in church. You're praying for me. I'm praying for you with joy because I know that we share the same destiny. And it's beautiful because, you see, Paul, when he became a believer, the disciples didn't want to hang out with him. Paul didn't go back to the guys that he you know, went to school with. He didn't go back to the guys that hated Christians. In fact, as soon as he was saved, the Bible says that he went to look for the apostles. You know what happened? They said, we don't want to play with you, man. <laughs> and so Paul, he went and sucked his thumb and he says, the church doesn't want to believe me. No one believes that I'm saved. This sucks. I hate church. This is why I hate Christians. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Acts chapter 9 verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem, that's Paul, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. The disciples did not believe that Paul was now sharing the same destiny as them. But Paul was like, listen man, I need to align myself. I need to partner myself with people who share my same destiny, not people who shared my same history. But even though he wanted to hang out with people that shared the same destiny, they didn't want to hang out with him. They're like, you go talk to him, not me. That guy chops her head off, man. That's an undercover, you know, uh, torturer over the terrorist over there. And Paul, he doesn't say, you know what? You guys don't want to play with me? I'll go, just go back to my old ways. You know what he does? It's fantastic. He goes into territory where people have never heard about Jesus. And he preaches the gospel and he transforms lives through the Holy Spirit. And then he partners with them because now they share the same destiny. That's what the Philippine church is about. He partners with people who share the same destiny. I'm so glad that we're starting our life groups because you need to partner with people who share your same destiny. I get goosebumps about this. And I'm telling you, man, because you will fail. But when you partner yourself with people who share your same destiny, 
they will help you fix your eyes on Jesus like it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 therefore holy brothers and sisters sitting in this room blood-bought saints who are called to be holy were holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling isn't that beautiful we share a similar destiny we share in the heavenly calling and it says fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge you see that we acknowledge as our apostle and our high priest I do not know who you spend your time with or what you spend your time on even if it's with your spouse maybe you guys got together when you were little drug addicts and running around and you know breaking all the commandments but now you're blood bought you're saved and you need to remind each other of the destiny that God has for you not share in your common history are you with me this morning because you see when I was saved I had to cut off my friendships with people who were off the world yeah. I had to do that I had to do that because they didn't share my same destiny and it humbled me because I had to hang out with Christians and trust me Christians are boring sometimes <laughs> Christians sometimes are like oh my gosh really that music is terrible right I was like your jokes are wrong but you <laughs> no seriously man it's like gosh like seriously Lord is this punishment because of all the sin I did you want me to hang out with these guys but but it's worth it because they share a destiny of an eternal heavenly call in Christ Jesus man I've hung over people who was so boring to hang over with but you know what they were the best people to go to when I'd failed and they would sit me down I was kind of boring because one guy's name I'm not gonna tell his name because he might be watching and he was an Indian guy though he was a software engineer so you can imagine like me talking to software engineer I'm sitting in his in his room like and he had his little house and, and he'd be like dude why, why do you feel so down man I was like I don't know man. I just feel like I'm a big failure I've been, been failing a lot and it was really cool to hear him encourage me of all the fruits of righteousness that he's seen in my life and calling me back to the joy of my salvation I do not know how many of you have a friend that's like that who will call out in you the fruit of righteousness that he's seen in your life when you failed you see in this church looking around none of you guys look like me talk like me act like me or like the things that I like you know what we have in common we have a destiny Jesus exactly and because of Jesus we have this destiny of where he's calling us to what he's calling us to and one day we're going to stand before him together that's all the time we have for today but we would like to hear from you our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle Idaho 83616 you can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app available in your app store 